Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Myron Metcalf here. Friday Purple Daily on Score North. ScoreNorthNorth.com. Here with the one and only Manny the Almanac Hill. What up, bruh? I'm here, man. What's going on? Chilling like a villain. <laughs> Ain't nothing but to do it. Um, we're obviously going to talk a lot of football. How did you survive the cold, man? Um, did you- well, here, here's okay. So here's what I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this morning, I actually dropped my car off to get uh, an automatic starter installed in my car. Okay, you got to do it. So these last couple of days taught me a little lesson. Oh, you got to do it. Yeah. That it's it, you know I've been trying to as long as I've owned this car I've tried to like hold off having to do that because yeah. you know it just I just never really thought about making the investment but these last couple of days taught oh, yeah. me a little lesson so oh, I dropped be- it off this morning and I end up taking a lift up here to get to the studio this morning so. smart move I'm bougie with it man I had an automatic <laughs> starter right away I am not I am not trying to play tough guy but I tell you what so I, I I've got kids who were off school this week so they were just like hold up. For, for days and days and days. My problem is they've got more things to do than I ever had to do on inclement days, right? I had a black and white Game Boy with NBA All-Star Challenge 92, <laughs> a juice box and a hot dog, and I can survive the whole week off that. Yeah. Nobody had to. The juice boxes, I, the, man. The, you the can, high seas, the complete 17 suns. days in the snow. Yes. I can survive hot dog, juice box, NBA All-Star <laughs> Challenge, Game Boy, black and white. These girls have everything you'd ever want. They got a Nintendo Switch, Chromebook, iPads. Uh, they say, hey, Alexa, and she plays whatever song they want. And you know what they said to me about halfway through the first day? I'm bored. You're bored? No, bored is having NBA All-Star Challenge Black and White 92 with a Game Boy and a juice box and a hot dog. That's boredom. You are not bored. You just got too many options, kid. But here's the other, here's the other side of that, too. They're very fortunate because when you and I, we're, you and I were about the same age. Yeah. I think you're a year older than me, but we're about the same age. When we were in school and we got, you know, 15 below temperatures, we still went we to school. We went to school. Exactly. We didn't get these days off. We Listen, if you didn't make it, you weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> Walk your tail to school in 20 below. And if you don't make it, oh, well, that's how it was in the 80s and 90s. These kids get four days off. They got all the things you'd want. All the tools you'd want, and yet they're bored. It's ridiculous. My sister played a played a little joke on my nephews the other day when yeah. they, they were off of school, obviously. 
and she let them sleep in a little bit, let let them sleep in until about like eight o'clock or something like that. And then she like wo- she went into the rooms and woke them up, yeah, and said, "Come on, boys, wake up, <laughs> wake up, you're, Time you're late school. for school, yes. you're late for school." Yes, and then she, you know, she let them know she. Was That's how you do it, man. That was funny. That's how you do it. Well, we got the Super Bowls. So let's get on to some more serious topics here. The Super Bowl is this week, uh, this weekend on Sunday. Manny, very serious question about football here. If you were in charge of the halftime show, dead or alive, which artist would be in your halftime show? Because this weekend, it's it's Travis Scott, who I think he just auto-tunes everything. I don't Pretty even think anybody much, yeah. knows what his real voice sounds like, right? He's Correct. dating he's dating one of the uh, uh, Kardashian kids, right? One of the Kardashian young Kendall people. Or Kylie, one of the one of, one of the two. One of the Jenners. Yeah, he's or the Jenners. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there is Big Boy. From Outcast, which yep. Love Outcast, Big Love Big Boy, Out, Big Boy Andre 3000, Outcast changed my life. My first <laughs> economics lesson was actually from Outcast. It wasn't Econ 101 in college. <laughs> it was Andre 3000 telling me, "True, I've got more fans than the average man, but not enough loot to last me." To the end of the week, I live by the there beat like is. you live check to check. If you don't move your feet, then I don't eat, and we're like neck to neck. That was my first econ- uh, economic lesson. That was from Andre 3000. So it's an honor to watch Big Boy, mm-hmm. one of the legendary Atlanta artists, performing this weekend. And then it's Maroon 5, which is really just Adam Levine and his buddies, right? Pretty much. Here's yeah. what I think happened. I think the Super Bowl called Adam Levine, said, we want you to perform. He just happened to be hanging out with the other dudes. And he was like, hey, can they come too? And the Super Bowl <laughs> committee was like, fine. Because who are they now? Who's Maroon 5? Everybody knows Adam Levine from The Office, from uh, Voice. and who? Nobody cares about Maroon 5. <laughs> it's Adam Levine and these other dudes. It reminds me of Beyonce performing a couple years ago. Do you remember when she brought out Destiny's Child for like 13 seconds? Yeah. Like they were underneath the stage. Who, who knows how they got there? They're underneath the stage. Beyonce hit a button. They popped up for 13 seconds. And, and then that was it. I feel like Maroon 5 is kind of going to be that experience. We want to see Adam Levine. I guess if these other dudes got to come, we'll watch them. So they just changed their name to the Levines. Well, that's what they are. Adam Levine and the, Come on, and man. the Levines. That's what, that's, that's what they are. But if you're in charge of the Halftime Act. Dead which, or alive, who would I want? Who, what does well, your Halftime Act look like? I'll give you some time to think about it and I'll tell you mine. Okay. So my Halftime Show starts with Frank Sinatra coming oh, out. Oh, okay. Who, you want to talk about a cool white boy. Maybe of all time, the coolest dude maybe of all time. If Quincy Jones says you're cool, <laughs> if Harry Belafonte says you're cool, everybody loves Sammy Frank. Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra might be the coolest dude of all time. Everybody loves Frank. Frank is amazing. Like, I don't know I if anybody's you. ever said a bad thing about Frank Sinatra, right? Right. Frank Sinatra opens it up because that's going to set the mood right, right? Everybody loves Frank. Then I'm going to come in with George Clinton in Parliament, Right. George Clinton Parliament, if you yeah, all don't know. I like it. They are the the manufacturers of the funk era. I went to a George Clinton show at seven years old. He played for four hours straight, no breaks. Four hours straight, no breaks. That's one of the greatest shows I've ever been to. My my main act, though, my Travis Scott, if you is he the main actor or is it Adam Levine? I don't know who's I think I think Maroon Five is like the is main, the main and then the Travis main Scott is just yeah. Travis Scott and Big Go Boy. Go like sit yeah. go sit next to the Jenners, whatever. Okay. <laughs> for me, my main act would be all of the 90s hip-hop West Coast All-Stars. Yes. It would be Snoop, Cube, Tupac. Warren G, Pac, like 
People today don't understand what it's like to be a kid and to hear regulator <laughs> and just to lose your mind. I'll tell you what. I can be driving today at 35. Let regulator come on today, mm-hmm. and I just changed my whole vibe. Like, I'm always regulator. making that. I'm always hooking the left on 200 yeah. Lewis in my mind when that song comes on. That would be my crew, man. I'd start with Sinatra. George Clinton Parliament to get the crowd hype mm. and then just bring out every West Coast 90s hip-hop star. Like, Dub C, if somebody can find him, I'd bring him out. Where is Dub C? Who, well, that's Dub the question. Mac 10, who like, yeah. Mac 10 and Dub C are proof that you just need good friends in life and you can get a record <laughs> deal because their claim to fame was they knew Ice Cube. Just have the whole West Side Connection there. West Side Connection. Yeah. That would be my whole crew. Just all is. these West Coast hip-hop stars playing nothing but the hits. What about you, Maddie? You're in charge of the Halftime Act. Okay. Well, Frank Sinatra, if we're going like old school throwback, Frank Sinatra is a good one. Um, Don't leave your girl around Frank, by the way. I know <laughs> Usher said it first, but yeah. Frank Sinatra was saying that way back in the day. Okay. So I would... Phil Collins is one that I would I really like that. think about that. He's universal, too. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's Phil, like, I Phil hate Graves. Phil Collins. Like, like, he's universal. Yeah. I think he actually came... Here, I think he performed at Target Center or something back in like October or something like really? that. He had a show here. I, I bet it was sold out right away. It he, probably was, yeah. I yeah. thought about going, but. Phil's the real deal. I like Phil. Range. Um, That's a great Super Bowl because you got to think Super Bowl level show. Yeah. And, you know, he would have to end the, sh- end the show, end the performance with In the Air tonight. Of course. You just have to. Of like, course. That's the, of course. Um, and then I'll go the same route you had with, okay. with hip hop, except I would go all East Coast. All I love it. So it'd be Biggie, <sighs> yes, Nas, yes, Jay Z, the whole crew. Yeah, you throw the Wu- a couple Wu Tang members in there. Yes, man, I went to a full Wu Tang show back in the day where it was like all nineteen of them. Mm. <laughs> no idea what they were saying. Like, if you ever want to be scared, go to a Wu Tang show. Like, if you ever want to be like. Are they about to jump off the stage and just start fighting random people? Go to a Wu Tang Clan show because that's I, what it was like. I did see I did see Ghostface perform the real the, deal um, at the Caboose a couple of years ago. It was a little Wallabies. More, it, was a, it, was, it was a little more chill. Yeah, just yeah. He was just by himself, but it wasn't the whole Wu Tang crew. I was such a fan. I went to a You God concert one time. Oh boy! And it was like in the back of this bar almost. It was like the smallest venue I've ever been to. It was so small. That to get to the stage, he had to walk through the crowd from the front entrance. Like, it was one of those old school, small mm-hmm. joints. Mm-hmm. But hey, Wu-Tang, I like that. East Coast hip-hop stars would be great. Yeah. So we're going into the Super Bowl, but it doesn't seem like anybody cares because the NBA just squashed all of the Super Bowl buzz with everything that happened with the NBA. Yeah. Nothing like the NBA and the power that individual stars have to just shut everything down. Kyrie, Porzingis, when big stars, there's news around big stars, LeBron comes back, it just demands its own spotlight. The NFL doesn't have that. How many stars does the NFL really have? Outside of quarterbacks? Well, Quarterbacks are really the only stars. You got about 10, but it's about 10 of them that are really stars. Yeah. Skill players, I mean, maybe a Saquon Barkley. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Todd Gurley's a star. I mean, he's... He's paid like one, but I don't think people see Ty Gurley and go, he's a star. You know, maybe Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas because he's with the Cowboys, but Antonio Brown, just a couple of receivers mm-hmm. maybe, but maybe less than 20 legit stars. And most NBA teams have a star, mm-hmm. which is why you have a day like you had yesterday. 
So what you get with the NBA is this amazing, these amazing storylines that you don't necessarily get in the NFL. But in the NFL, you get a better postseason. The problem with the NBA is superstars have so much control and they're playing together that the postseason isn't interesting. Mm-hmm. The NFL, if you if you look at Vegas, there aren't any blowouts. I mean, the lines are never more than six, maybe, depending mm-hmm. on the game. So the NFL has mastered the postseason. And that's what I think we're going to see on Sunday. Because for the second year in a row, yeah, you got Brady and the Patriots. But you've also got a team that can clearly take them down. Yeah. A team that's very much equipped to to take down the Patriots, yeah. Like for me, Manny, if you took the Patriots and you took the Rams and, and you put them on a field and you said, okay, based on paper, who would you pick? Most people are going to pick the Rams. Yeah. Like Brady is the only reason you're picking the Patriots. Like you're not picking it from that defense, which has been so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You're not picking it because of what a Gronk or an Edelman. You're looking at the other side and going, golf has so many weapons. You've got this D-line with Sue, Aaron Donald, which they're just monsters. You know, is Marcus Peters vulnerable? Uh, maybe, but I tell you what, that defense has put it together when they needed to, yeah. and they played great down the stretch against New Orleans. The defense, the Rams' defense seems to just be able to do just enough. They don't, have, they don't completely shut you down, and they don't really need to shut you down because they can put so many points on the yes. board. They seem to just, they, they know how to get stops when they need to, and they seem to be able to do just enough for them to win. Which is why you look at them and go, they've got athletes. The Rams have more athletes at every position, mm-hmm. right? They're the more athletic team. Sure. They have the playmakers, which matters in moments like this. It mattered a lot last year. The Patriots were the Patriots. But the Eagles had more playmakers in my mind. How far, though? Because I, I, you can't compare anybody to the Patriots. Because that is, no one will ever duplicate what they've done. Like, that will never happen again. Mm-hmm. From picking a six-round guy who becomes the greatest quarterback, to the system staying the same, to getting good players to play for less than market value, just to be a part of that, you, you, we're not going to see that anymore. And I think the Rams are proof of that. Aaron Donald's going to get his money. The Aaron Donald's of the world. Yeah. The Todd Gurley's of the world going to get their money. Jared Goff is going to reset the market at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are going to get their money. It's not going to be a Patriots, I'll take less if it means having you on my team. But I don't feel like the Rams are that far from the Vikings. Like I don't feel like the gap on paper is so significant to where you go, oh my goodness, the Vikings could never be that. Why not? Like, aren't the Vikings supposed to be that? Like, if you go back a year ago with the investment in Kirk Cousins, with all the pieces coming back, Thielen and Diggs, with all of the defensive pieces, aren't they supposed to be the Rams? What am I missing? Jared Goff is on one touchdown. He's completed less than 60% of his passes in the playoffs. He threw six interceptions in the last five games of the regular season. Mm-hmm. What am I missing about this team? Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are one of the best duels in the league, right? For a stretch, they were the best wide receiving duo in the league. Sure. What am I missing? This is the number one defense from last year, bringing back all of his pieces and some. Aren't the Vikings supposed to be the Rams this year? You would think because you have, at the skill positions, like you said, you have um, 
you have playmakers. You have a defense that's really, really good. You have a quarterback that at least the idea of him is very, very good, even though there's probably some room for improvement there. But, you know, you have a running back, a young running back that if he can stay healthy is very, very good. You could put Dalvin Cook with the Rams on Sunday and you wouldn't notice the difference. Yeah. I mean, C.J. Anderson Anderson has been their go-to running back anyway. Yep. Gurley hasn't been great. You could put Dalvin Cook, swap him for Gurley, doesn't change that game. Right? Sure. So, like, that's supposed to be the Vikings. And I know the the conventional wisdom, or at least the the answer for a lot of Vikings fans, will see, well, the Rams have an offensive line. They do, and they have, like, an all-world left tackle and Andrew Whitworth and everything, and those other guys in that line are pretty good. John Sullivan has... You know, the the Rams have sort of rejuvenated his career. He's in the Super Bowl now as their starting center, former Viking center. But I I I look at the Vikings and I'm not sure that just adding a guard or two is automatically going to take them from eight, seven, and one to thirteen and three and going to the Super Bowl. I think it I think it goes a lot deeper than that. I think it starts with coaching. I think it starts with Offensive scheme, whatever scheme they were doing under John D. Filippo, it just it didn't work. Now, yeah, a lot of that was the offensive line. A lot of it was the quarterback too, but it just seemed like John D. Filippo didn't do a good enough job of like recognizing and understanding his personnel and saying, okay, let's try and do what these guys do best. Let's play to these guys' strengths and not just try to impose a system onto them. Because I think that's honestly what Sean McVay. Has done a really now the Rams the Rams have a ton of talent we know that extremely talented but, but I also think that Sean McVay got hired by the Rams and looked at what he had and said okay let's find a way to maximize the talents of all of these talented players and go from there and you see the results we're going to talk more about this because I think there's a conversation to be had about the Vikings you know being a team like the Rams right now and that's what the investment was for to get a team like this that can make a run to the Super Bowl. We'll be back after this. We know all the positions. Score North. Minnesota Sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Myron Metcalf back here on Purple Daily on Score North. Scorenorth.com. Um what what's the number so people can call in? 651-646-8255. Yeah, we'd love to hear some people on this. I, I just, one of the things is, as someone, a transplant from Wisconsin, where we won Super Bowls, right? And and, and we Humble understood. Brag. Humble bragging over there. The taste of, <laughs> the taste of victory uh, was everywhere. One of the things I always felt about Vikings fans was they were always hesitant to think too highly about a team, right? And that's just history, right? If you're a Vikings fan and you've seen so many good teams uh, end up in bad situations, I, I get it. But I still think you should be disappointed by a team like this not being in a position that the Rams are in right now. This is the Minnesota team that beat the Saints team that everybody assumed would be in Atlanta right now. Right, and if it's not for one bad call, 
the Saints are in Atlanta. So this is a team where you go, okay, they beat the Saints. This is a team where you look at them and say, they've got the pieces like the Rams. Now, they might not have an Aaron Donald. Who does? There's only one of them. Mm-hmm. But collectively, they had the better defense last year, the previous season. They had the top defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, right? Remember Jared Goff, pre-Sean McVay. He was a bust in the eyes of a lot of people. Oh, he was a disaster. Jared Goff, pre-Sean McVay, was the guy who was not worth his pick, who was picked too high, who was never going to, you know, blossom into an elite quarterback. And now he gets Sean McVay and everyone goes, my goodness, this guy's about to make $120 million in a couple years. So you cannot just say... Oh, my goodness, Jared Goff. Jared Goff wasn't nobody before Sean McVay. Kirk Cousins came here with a far more established track record of of success. Jared Goff was a project. So you're supposed to be winning at quarterback. You're supposed to be, you know, comparable, certainly at wide receiver, in terms of your targets. Again, Dalvin Cook ain't that far from what they have there. C.J. Anderson has carried the bulk of the workload for the Rams in the playoffs. He certainly did in the NFC Championship game. Man, and that dude is at the Waffle House before games. <laughs> that dude is eating pancakes and biscuits, gravy. He's putting he's putting sausage in a to-go plate. That dude is eating good before games. You got me wanting Waffle House now. CJ Anderson will be there. <laughs> Let me tell you. So I just why aren't they the Rams? Why aren't they as good as the Rams? There's no reason for it. Like, there's no reason that you look at this team and go, they can't be that. That should be the expectation. We got a caller. We got a caller? Ed in Robbinsdale. What up, Ed? Hey, Myron. uh, Manny, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, 57 years old as of yesterday. Been a bike fan Happy birthday. all my Happy, life. Thank Happy you. belated, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough because you know what? Every year I keep believing that we're going to get to the Super Bowl and then we're going to win. And another little subplot behind this was I work for a certain delivery company that delivered the uh, trophy last year. So oh, I wow. was really excited about the prospects of that happening, but it didn't. But my question to you is. What do you think about Rick Spillman? I think he's done some good things, but obviously the line is is probably the big thing on really putting this team back on the map and giving them a chance to do something. And I also find it funny, too, how we thought John Sullivan couldn't play anymore and, oh, he's the starting center in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so yeah. just kind of – and uh, just a couple things going forward about guys that – should we sign for next year? Should we not? Um, I actually think with the way the league's going, we need two good tight ends. I mean, look what the Eagles are doing. That's what we need. I, I love Kyle Rudolph, but not at the price that he's going to command. Uh, thanks, guys, for taking my call. Yeah, I, I mean, I think – Great call. Great call. I think uh, the, the trenches are still going to be the battle, right? You, the offensive line – and I keep going back to this example. If you want to talk about the value of adding a guard – adding someone that can fortify your line, look at the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. The biggest question about the Indianapolis Colts was, oh my goodness, can they protect Andrew Luck? Because if they can't, he's going to come back and it ain't going to last that long. 
because somebody's going to break him in half. Andrew Luck was one of the most protected quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Why? In large part because they brought in a guy in Quentin Nelson who became an all-pro offensive lineman. He's nasty. I don't know if you watch Quentin Nelson. Oh, yeah. He's nasty. And he set the tone of that O-line. And that O-line committed itself to buying time for a quarterback who, when Andrew Luck is protected, he's a top-five quarterback. And they just re-signed uh, Mark Lewinsky, their, their that, guard. That, that was really good for them this year. That Gave him a three-year contract extension. That whole offensive line, Manny, is to me what the Vikings should be looking at in terms of what can happen. Right? What mm-hmm. can happen? I don't know if they're a piece away, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, I, I think they definitely need to upgrade on the offensive line. I also do think, though, that with Gary Kubiak coming in and... Assistant to the regional manager, Gary Kubiak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him and his eight cousins. Um, Everybody got a job with Gary Kubiak. I do think that he and Kevin Stefanski are going to... They should be able to collaborate and put together like their ideal scheme. Cause, Will Zimmer cause, let them know? I, oh, yeah. I, I think he definitely will now. I think now that now that Kubiak is in the mix, I think I think this could be heaven for Mike Zimmer because now he doesn't have to worry about the offense at all in his mind because he's got a guy he's got Stefanski in place as the offensive coordinator, yep. but he's got a very very accomplished offensive mind as like an assistant coach and offensive designer. I mean, this was a guy who won the Super Bowl as a head coach, Gary yeah. Kubiak, just three years ago. So, I mean. I think for Mike Zimmer specifically, I think this is exactly what Mike Zimmer wants because now he can focus all his attention on the defense, which is, I think, what he really wants to do anyway. He doesn't want to have to worry about the offense. Yes. And this year, with with the struggles of the offense and having a new coordinator in and Filippo and, you know, kind of trying to implement his own system, Zimmer kind of felt like he had to have his fingerprints on the offense a little bit more and it took away from his defense in his yeah. mind. Yeah. Now, I personally think... A head coach should have his fingerprints all over the team. He should be able to. Yeah, but but he's got to know his weaknesses, though. Sure, he's got to know his weaknesses. And I and I think with Kubiak being on the staff now, I think Zimmer realizes that he doesn't have to worry so much about the offense anymore. Like Judd has said it perfectly since Kubiak got that Kubiak is head coach offense now, and Mike Zimmer is head coach defense. Now Zimmer is technically officially the head coach. But now he's got a guy in Kubiak who can sort of be the head coach of the offense. It, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you look at obviously the Rams. Wade Phillips runs that defense. Wade yeah. Phillips, who won a Super Bowl with Kubiak. Wade yeah. Phillips is a guy who, if you're young Sean McVay, you got to have the confidence in yourself to know and the security to say, I- I'm going to let Wade do what Wade does. And this could be a similar situation for Mike Zimmer. I'll let Gary Kubiak do what he does, and I'll step aside. Uh, Because those situations can work out really well when they're effective, right? Mm -hmm. The caller asked about Spielman. He's the first guy to get fired next season if this is a disaster, right? There's a disaster. He's the first guy to go. because It'd probably be him and Zimmer both, probably. Yeah, but I think he goes before Zimmer. Um, Because there's still a gap where you go... If you can make a move on that old line, mm-hmm. potentially, what are you going to do with the defense? You know, Anthony Barr, there's different situations there. But for the most part, it's not a personnel problem. There are a whole lot of teams in this league 
where you look at them and go, my goodness, they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Like, they've had far more personnel problems than the Vikings. Go look at the Seattle Seahawks, who pumped out a top 15 defense after losing every key player from that Legion of Boom, including Earl Thomas, who got hurt early in the season. Mm-hmm. Go look at what they did. That team had a personnel problem. Still make the playoffs. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers have a personnel problem. Like, they may not bring Cam Newton back next season because they're like, dude, we don't know if we can protect him. Somebody's going to break him in half mm-hmm. with this offensive line. They got a personnel problem. The Minnesota Vikings don't have a personnel problem. It's true. Like, they don't have a personnel problem. They have and talent on defense. They have talent on offense. So there are no excuses then. I like, think it's – but you know what, though, Myron? I honestly think – Scheme is a big part of it's it. Huge. I think there's 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 some warts on the offensive side. I think on the offensive line, Thielen not think, getting free is a like Thielen and and what teams did against him. Yeah. That's coaching, sure. Like how how they were able to key on him and and neutralize him. That's a scheme thing. And I also think too part of it, and this is where I think where they could and Collars talked about this a lot in the last couple of weeks, where they could help the offense. And in particular, help Kirk Cousins if they can't just put together an all-world perfect offensive line for Kirk Cousins, which is what everybody thinks that he needs to be successful. What they can do, though, is go out and find a third wide receiver to take some of the pressure off of Thielen and Diggs because yeah, I like that. Team, teams were keying in on those two guys yep. and double-teaming them and taking them out of the game plan, making it even harder for Kirk Cousins aside from the pressure that Kirk was under because of the poor offensive line play. So if you add him another another weapon, you mentioned last segment, you mentioned adding another tight end, two tight end set, adding another weapon for Kirk Cousins to take some of the pressure off of Thielen and Diggs because they're getting double teamed so much as they were late in the season. You yeah. add some weapons and that can help you too. And I also think with, again, with Kubiak coming in, I think the scheme is going to, there's going to be a difference in the scheme and a scheme to work to where they're going to be able to maximize yeah. the talented players that they have. I agree with everything you're saying. The scheme does matter. Mm-hmm. But Manny, I, I watched the New England Patriots run the same doggone drag route with Julian Edelman, who's <laughs> five foot three, and everybody knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And it Romo, still worked. Tony Romo knew it was coming, but in it the still booth. it still worked. <laughs> I know. So for me. That's a team that, again, it's hard to compare anybody to them. But I just expect those same results when you have elite receivers and elite playmakers. Yeah, I know. So scheme is a factor. But what are the Patriots doing so well that an Edelman can come in, run the same routes, mm-hmm. and it's effective? But they, I think with, with New England, they this has been talked about a lot. They, they're like a game plan offense. They don't really have like a system or a scheme, yeah. they focus on what their next opponent is and how they can take they, how they can expose the weaknesses 100%. in that in the defense of the opponent that they're playing, yeah. and then they put together a game plan that week to be able to execute. Which it. is why the Rams should be afraid because Belichick has had two weeks <laughs> to plan on how to carve I don't know, up. Though, man, he had two weeks to prepare for Nick Foles last year, and it didn't matter. Yeah, but <laughs> but I still, I mean, Brady still throws for five hundred yards in that game. I know like, against the top scoring defense in the yeah. league. Yeah. So di- all I'm saying with the Vikings is when it comes to expectations is you don't have the problems that so many other teams in this league have. 
The talent is there. You're missing some pieces. The talent is there. And when I look at the Los Angeles Rams, right? Mm-hmm. They're in LA, right? Are they St. Louis? Where are they? They've been so many places. I don't even I know. In, I don't think they're in Anaheim. Maybe Anaheim are they really in LA? The or? stadiums in Inglewood. Bottom line, Anaheim. nobody in LA even cares. But <laughs> when I look at the Rams, I say to myself, on paper, that's not that big of a gap. Well, Aaron, you know, I mean, it's not Aaron Donald's a freak of nature. You can't compare anyone to him, right. but he's not the whole defense. Well, and you know, you know this too. In the NFL, I mean, things can turn around very quickly for a team. I mean, Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay. Look yeah, at the difference. The Rams, the, the Rams are a perfect example yes. of this. They were a dumpster fire under Jeff Fisher, and then all they did was change the head coach, added a few pieces here and there, and two years later they're in the Super Bowl. But that's why Zimmer looks so bad. In this transition from an NFC championship NFC championship game team mm-hmm. to what happened last year is because there are so many examples. I brought up the Seahawks, lost everybody in that defense playoff team. Mm-hmm. The Rams, who Jared Goff was a project and a failure in the eyes of many, they're now in the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. you can't bring up the Saints because they got so many different weapons. But there are a number of teams where you look at them and go, they didn't have as much as the Vikings, not even close. The Colts didn't have the Colts are using Marlon Mack, a fourth round pick at running back. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton had been hurt all season. He's making plays. Like, there's so many teams that I look out look at around the league that made the playoffs and go, the Vikings had as much, if not more, than they did. But I also wonder though, if the Vikings in 2017 and they had a great season, I also wonder if they may have overachieved a little bit. They were good. But if you think about it, like they got to the NFC Championship game. I mentioned this last week or earlier this week. They got to the NFC Championship game because Marcus Williams ducked out of the way of Stephon Could make a play that a middle school player would make. You know, otherwise the Vikings were one and done and getting beaten in the divisional round. And the Saints were going on to the NFC Championship game. And that's not to say the Vikings don't deserve credit for getting as far as they did in 2017. Yeah. But I also wonder if they are... 13 and 3 in 2017 was the high end of where they were. And if what we saw this year is the low end of, and like if truly this team is like maybe like a 10, maybe 11 win team. Yeah. That if they get some breaks to go their way, then they can go to the NFC championship game or maybe the Super Bowl. Well, another synonym for the word overachieve is winning, right? So it might be overachieving, but you're winning. You know that's all. That's all that matters, and I think it's fair to uh, to expect this level of play uh, with the Vikings, considering all the the talent they have. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to tell you how I almost ruined the Super Bowl for the Eagles last year, and we'll also give our predictions for Sunday's game after this. Game time, all the time. ScoreNorth.com. Myron Man back here on ScoreNorth, ScoreNorth.com with the one, on, one and only Manny Hill. We got a caller, Manny? We do. Jimmy in Phoenix is uh, holding patiently. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Jimmy. Hey. Great program. I love your takes on hoops, too. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. Man, this is good stuff. Hey, so I, I've got some bones to pick. I, I, I kind of wish they would have cleaned house, the Vikings, with it today or this uh, year. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I think Spielman's done a terrible job drafting quarterbacks. I mean, I think Teddy Pye would have been okay. That maybe wasn't his fault necessarily, but you know what? It, it falls on the GM, okay? 
and he's done a terrible job at the line. Um, I think Zimmer's got some flaws in the fact he's an old-school coach. And if you look at Pete Carroll, he's not an old-school coach. He's kind of a new-age coach, as is McVay. Um, you know, these guys have a different... They don't. They live outside of the box, and they do things differently. And they surprise people, and so does Belichick. And Zimmer is so predictable, and he... He creates an environment, I think, where people are afraid to make a mistake. I mean, look at kickers. I mean, he he berates them so bad, and and oh, maybe the kickers just stink, though, too, right? I mean, that could maybe, but 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 hang on, hang on. But Zimmer's Zimmer's been on record that he doesn't look at body language. That's ridiculous. You have to look at body language. Body language is part of coaching. I mean, if someone's down, the last thing you want to do is is kick them. I, I don't. I just think Zimmer's got some flaws. I think he'd be a great defensive coordinator. I would love to see the Vikings get a new regime because you're right. We got too much talent. We've had very little performance. And I think the Vikings are, are on the cusp of having a dang good football team, but not with, not with this regime. That's my opinion. Hey, well, th- thanks for that call. Um, I think any Vikings fan is justified in their frustration toward Mike Zimmer or Rick Spielman. Mm-hmm. You, you, in many ways, can't separate the two. Um, Spielman, Spielman went out and got the groceries and Zimmer couldn't cook them up, right? I mean, the, the, there's problems with both. Sure. Spielman, however, to his credit, we weren't saying any of this coming into last season. Like, coming into this season... This was a team that was, you know, if Case Keenum has a different outing in the NFC title game, then the Vikings are in the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And we're we're praising Rick Spillman as the guy who put it all together, you know. And I think going into the year when they got Kirk Cousins, most people thought, yeah, that's an upgrade from Keenum. You don't have to change a lot with this team. Thielen was on the rise. Stephon Diggs was on the rise. All of these pieces were there. Dalvin Cook's going to get healthy, right? You got the number one defense in the league. Like it, it, it was it was pretty easy to look at this team and go, "What's the thing that might be holding us back?" You might have a quarterback who's really not an elite quarterback consistently. Right. Yep. We got a guy who played great for that stretch in Case Keenum, mm-hmm. but not a guy who's going to be able to do that. Every Sunday. So let's go out on the market and go find a guy. So they get Kirk Cousins, who was definitely, to me, not in the elite category, like the top six or seven. But he wasn't that far outside that. I mean, there are a lot of folks who thought Kirk Cousins could change their team. And there were a lot of teams that were willing to go after him to see if that could happen. The Jets and the Broncos. Certainly. Yep. So Spillman goes out and gets the quarterback, $84 million. The problem is if you spend that kind of money and it doesn't work, then everybody comes and criticizes you. Mm-hmm. And it's all justified. Again, I said this last week when I hosted the show, Manny. The Vikings are in a great situation to fire Mike Zimmer in the middle of a disastrous season next year. Gary Kubiak slides in, <laughs> a head coach, former head coach, like if you're Spillman and Zimmer, there's no guarantee you get through the season. Because if you're Ziggy, you're not going to tolerate 
going into another season of this $84 million experiment and failing again. You cannot get to the end of the year and say, we need change. You got to do everything you can to salvage next year. If it's a bad season, Mm -hmm. because then you go into year three and what was it all for? Right. The Los Angeles Rams were a team that had talent, but Jeff Fisher just wasn't wasn't the guy to get it out of them. Wasn't the guy to, you know, bring out the best in those guys. Do you get a Sean McVay, mm-hmm. who I think they said in his mother's womb was des- designing plays? <laughs> I think by eight years old, uh, you know, he had already come up with his own NFL playbook. This guy's a savant, clearly. But you bring him in, and all of a sudden he thinks differently. He connects with a Jared Goff who Jared Goff was not viewed the way Kirk Cousins has been viewed. Jared Goff was a project and a failure in the eyes of many. So clearly the Rams show that you can do it. You can make the right pick. You can draft the right guys. You can put the right personnel in place. If this doesn't work, Rick Spielman's the first guy to get fired. And Zimmer's right behind him. But going into the next season, a critical year, you're going to have to fortify this offensive line. Beyond that, what are the other real excuses? Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. I know what he was last year, but he's supposed to be more. I don't know how you make him more. I just get paid to talk. (laughs) But if I got paid to coach quarterbacks, then my job would be to get the most out of Kirk Cousins. I will say this about Mike Zimmer, too. And this is where I disagree with Jimmy. I don't think Mike Zimmer is a bad coach because his kickers show. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, the whole body language. He, I don't know. He that. lost. Mike Zimmer lost a playoff game at home to the Seattle Seahawks because Blair Walsh. Yes. shanked the Blair Walsh a project. Twenty-seven yards. Yeah, that was. Goal. Yeah, and, I don't know that whole thing about and who body knows, language. You know, and who knows? You know, they would have. I think they would have gone to Arizona to play the Cardinals in the second round. Yeah. If they would have won that game. Who knows? They might go into Arizona and win that game and go to yeah. the NFC Championship game. You know where they would probably have you know lost, but still, I don't. I mean, Mike Zimmer has flaws, but I do think he understands because I think there was a, a, a misconception of when Zimmer kept talking about just wanting to run the ball more. I think there was kind of this misconception of, well, he, you know, he's old school and he just wants to run the ball all the time. I think what Mike Zimmer is looking for is. And this is why the again, this is why he brought in Gary Kubiak is it is eight cousins. <laughs> is I, I think Mike Zimmer wants the offense to function in a way where again they're gonna design something to maximize the players that they have on offense. And because Gary's uh Gary uh, Gary Kubiak, I almost called him Gary Zimmerman, yeah. Gary Kubiak has this history of this zone blocking scheme that was executed very well in Denver with the Broncos. And again, when Kubiak was the head coach in Houston, I think that's where they're looking at, okay, if we're not going to be able to fix the offensive line by just signing and drafting a bunch of guys, we can at least have some of the guys that we have and design a better running scheme and pass protection scheme to maximize the skill position players that we have. And we might go get another receiver or tight end or something like that. So I yeah. do think that Mike Zimmer is think is, is trying to forward. Because look, he knows his job's on the line. 
Yeah. Mike oh, Zimmer yeah. knows. He's going to the last year of his contract. He's, yeah. He's not getting an extension right now. Yeah, he gets so, it. So he he knows what he he knows what they need to do. And I don't think it's as simple as I don't think Mike Zimmer looks at it as simple as, well, we just gotta run the ball. We have to run the ball thirty times and and you know, we have to make sure we run the ball enough. I think he wants to run the ball more just because they weren't mm-hmm. running the ball at all last year. Yeah, it you you gotta and find. They weren't, and they weren't as sorry to cut you off, but they weren't as bad again. They weren't as bad running the football as people may have thought they did. They just they if they anytime they struggled to run the ball early, they just completely abandoned it. Yeah, they had no balance and they had no backup plan. Like right. they had they had. If you look at the problem with the Dallas Cowboys before Amari Cooper, is everybody knows they're going to Zeke. And there really wasn't a plan outside that. Mm-hmm. They get Amari Cooper, and he opens up everything for that offense. And I feel like this is a team that, at a minimum, should have balance. This is a team that has the personnel to be balanced offensively. And, and, and that is up to this new regime and Kubiak. You got to figure that out. Because, again, they don't have a personnel problem. Can you create a balanced attack? Can you have option A, B, C, and D? It's so hard for me to look at teams and go, well, well, maybe it's just too hard to game plan in the NFL when I'm watching Belichick going to overtime on the road against Kansas City, and he's got Julian Edelman running drag routes, and he's got Gronk running 10-yard outs. He's running this very elementary offense in overtime in the most significant game of the year. Mm-hmm. He's not spreading it out and doing all the fancy stuff that everyone's doing in 2019. Like he's got two tight ends. He's doing one wide receiver looks. He's doing things that people did 30 years ago. And it worked. So I think there's this idea that everybody has to be new and innovative and fun. That only matters if you're winning. Like nobody cares about an innovative offense if you ain't putting points on the board. Well, and look, look at what look at what Sean McVay's hire and subsequent success with the Rams has done to the rest of the league. Now, now everybody's trying to find the next Sean. Go McVay. get Cliff Kingsbury from, the, yeah, who couldn't win at Texas Tech, but somebody's going to be a great the NFL Zach, coach. The Zach Taylor guy, who's yeah, go get him back at Nebraska. Now the Bengals are trying to name him yeah. the head coach. Go get him. Like just because he was what the quarterbacks coach. Yeah, let's let's see Sean it. McVay. Let's see it work. I mean, it, it's that's what's happening is teams are not doing their due diligence, and they're not they're they're just trying to find got to find the young innovative guy. Like, no, just go get just go find a good head coach. Yes, does, I don't care if he's thirty one years old with great hair and good looking like Sean McVay is. I don't care if he's you know if he's an offensive guy and look at what he look at this offense he coordinated like doesn't matter that, there's there's part of that is that's part of it like I get that but just because Sean McVay is working with the Rams doesn't mean that every single assistant no or every single person that's associated with him exactly is going to be him exactly this is how you get this is why wow, Belichick's guys keep getting hired and, yep. and not and not doing well because they associate, you just assume but you know, think about all the guys that have moved on from New England. You know, Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss. Did not win. Josh McDaniels. Now, Josh McDaniels is back there. He's but, back. You know. They didn't win. They didn't win. And the Patriots, despite all those guys leaving, the train has con- continued to go on. Yes. Because 
in all those situations, I mean, Josh McDaniels at one point is coaching Tim Tebow it, it, with the Broncos, right? <laughs> Identifying a quarterback is the most important assignment for any executive in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Because if you mess that up in the NFL, you're setting your team back at least three years. Because if it's a young guy, you're going to give him two to three years to figure out if he's the dude. As if the, he's a veteran, he's not coming here for less than a two- or three-year deal in today's NFL. If it doesn't work, you're setting your team back two to three years. That's why that job is so important. So to the caller's point, Rick Spielman's going to get fired if Kirk Cousins doesn't do what we expect an $84 million quarterback to do. And And that's just the game. Yeah. And then when you look at the way Spielman, the way he whiffed on Christian Ponder back in 2011, and then they found themselves, you know, they hired Mike Zimmer, and then they had to draft another quarterback. They did with Teddy. And then Teddy, unfortunately, hurts his knee, and then that whole thing goes. So, I mean, that part, the Teddy thing. Matters a lot. And and that's the tough part. That's where part of me wants to give Spielman a break because it seemed like with Teddy that they had found the guy and gotten it right. And, and, then, then, that, and then he gets hurt, which nobody can prepare for yeah. or even that's just sad. happening. Yeah. But on the, on the same token, though, you whiffed on Ponder, and if this Cousins thing doesn't work out, you know, the Wilfs have invested a lot of money into one guy, one quarterback. And you don't live and die with yeah. him, you know? You live and die with a, a, a guy who either he leads you to the playoffs or he doesn't. Real quick, Manny, uh, what's your prediction? Sunday. Oh, gosh. You had to tell me real quickly, didn't you? Um, Patriots. Got the Patriots. Patriots 34, Rams 27. 34-27. Give me the Rams 35-24. Okay. Myron on Hoops is next. We'll be back. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.